Blah. You already know what it is. Your boy Yakob with it do the outlet to reality, the holders podcast in Vegas and Chicago. This is the place where you want to hide from your drama or maybe hide from your baby mama. <laughs> Just kidding. But anyways, fans, thank you for seeing. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Cha-ching! And today we have a very special guest to bring her back. This is the fourth time back on the show. Give it up for the one and only. Rabbi Fournier. Shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom, Rabbi. I'm so happy you're here, man. Uh, this is an honor. I, I'm, I'm so excited. I I, I do want to say real quick, um, I want to share a little something. So uh, last week and this week was probably one of the toughest weeks of my life. Um mm. My first stop working and all my food got spoiled. It smelled so bad. And I didn't get my new fridge until like almost two weeks. And I had a bad car accident where I saw it coming and it was big. Boom. Like I, I, I felt it and it was in my back. I was sore. And I had a lot of stuff going on in my head mentally. I was feeling frustrated, stressed. And I did feel like there was no hope. And, but the one thing that really helped me, be honest, was, uh, you know, going to uh, one of my rabbis out here in Vegas named Rabbi Meth. And I told him the, the situation. I let it out. And, um, you know, he prayed for me. I also prayed too. You know, I went to pray, do my tefillah and daven. And, for the first time, you know, I know him for almost a year. Uh, he gave me a hug because he knew I was I was about to hit rock bottom, mm. and I felt like I, I needed that. Even though you know us as men, we we hide our emotions a lot of time, but I felt like it's good, and it taught me how important it is um, to have a rabbi that you can go to, whether it's spiritually. Uh, whether it's mentorship, uh, whether it's uh, you just need someone to be there for you. And I think being a rabbi is one of the uh, toughest jobs out there because it's almost like 24 hours. But, you know, someone passed away, we need a rabbi. Um, we have a bar mitzvah coming up, we need a rabbi. And I think that that really, I wanted to share that rabbi because we always feel like in life, sometimes we don't see the way we want. But Hashem is always there. He always has our back. And and Rabbi, um, if you want to share any thoughts and also like. Uh, amen. Well, first of all, let me just say to you, I'm so very thankful that you had a rabbi there in Vegas that you could reach out to and who reached back. That's very important. And he reached back with offering words of comfort words of prayer but most importantly he offered touch touch is so very important in our lives when someone reaches out to us to embrace us it says something to us very much on the inside of our being that this individual really cares about me about my condition 
about what I've gone through or what I'm going through. And that's critical. Touch is so important because it conveys a, a deeper part of our self-being. And I'm so delighted that you had the rabbi that you had there to pray with you and then to reach out and embrace you, to touch you, wanting to share whatever energy he had with you. It, it was a, It's about sharing our energies with each other. Because when one is despondent and down, nothing is quite like having someone share their energy. That's why when, if you're in the hospital and people come to see you and visit you, when they leave, you're feeling better and they're feeling tired because you have been absorbing the energy, that spiritual energy that they have brought into the hospital room with them. And sometimes I've done it. I mean, you leave the hospital and it's like, oh my God, I'm feeling so tired. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because someone reached out to absorb from you their, that energy that you walked into that hospital room with. And so that's why visiting the sick is a commandment for us as Jews. We're commanded to visit the sick. <clears throat> Doesn't say why, but now I understand that we bring energy with our good health that the sick person can absorb and drink from. We become their well of living water. And as we become their well, they are ex experiencing a revival, so to speak. Their souls and their spirits are being revived by our very presence. And so when, whatever the circumstance, when you are down, you need reviving. You need someone to reach out and to say, you are not alone. You are not alone. The eternal is with you. Let us pray together to bring the eternal into the presence of the moment. That's critical. It is critical, my Lord. Wow, Rabbi, that was that was deep. That was deep. I, I almost had the chills. You know see? Oh man, Rabbi! No, I'm I'm really happy you you got to share that. How important it is to to have that helping hand that that person to to go to. And um, Rabbi, I do want to say something. You know, uh, you know, to pick a little bit about you. So I know that you went to um, just to change it for a little bit. You went to Spurgeon's College. You know, and. 
the it's like a um it's a school in, in Chicago and you learn a lot about Jewish studies. I did graduate with two degrees from Spurtis, an undergraduate degree and a master's degree. And then I also worked for Spurtis College of Judaica for several years uh, in the mid-80s into the early 90s. And my experience there was like a breath of fresh air. I had so many mentors in the professors that were my teachers. They were not only my teachers, they actually became my friends. And they embraced me. They supported me in my journey to becoming a rabbi. <laughs> and, and that journey was so very important to me at that very critical time in my life where <clears throat> my teacher from New York was in New York. I'm in Chicago. We didn't have internet. We didn't have Zoom. We didn't have all of the things that we have today that make us going international or national in talking to each other. It didn't exist then. We used what one young man called snail mail or either the telephone. We would send letters and it would take the letters three, four, five days to get there. Or we would pick up the phone and make a telephone call. I can only tell you that throughout my years at Spurtis College, they were some of the most memorable years of my life. I appreciated every professor and every administrator that I worked with. I was blessed. And when you, when you, when you understand what it means to be blessed by having professors and one of my best friends was Dr. Byron Sherwin. He was the vice president of academic affairs. So when he would have superstar guests in to visit him and to speak, he would always call me and said, come to my office. And I'd go to his office and I met luminaries. I met Jerzy Kuzinski, the author of The Painted Bird. I met Louis Jacobs, who has authored so many books, they're too numerous to name. I had the wonderful opportunity to meet Ellie Wiesel, survivor of the Holocaust, the author of the books Night and Dawn, and to sit down and have brief conversations 
with them. And Dr. Sherwin was always calling me in to meet someone. And he un absolutely understood how much I appreciated meeting the dignitaries that he would bring to the institution. And so I am eternally grateful to Spurtis College of Judaica and my very good friends, Dr. Nathaniel Stanford, Dr. Byron Sherwin, Dr. Harris, I mean, it, there are too many to name, who all embrace me. Wow. I don't know what they saw in me, but they embraced me. And that embrace, I have carried it with me to this day. And I am so deeply appreciative of our president at the time, Dr. Howard Salkin. I mean, they showed a brother love. They showed a brother respect. And they showed a brother, we are brothers. We are in this together. And these are Ashkenazi Jews. Some from Germany, some from Poland, some from other parts of the world. I'll never forget Professor Moses Chovas, who was from Poland, ordained at 16 years old, had his PhD by the time he was 20, 19, 20 years old. Wow. <laughs> I used to be his personal reader because his eyes were getting so bad that he couldn't actually see. And so I would go to his home and he would have stacks of books all around in his living room. And he would say, let's go to this stack today. And I would say, he would say, open it up. What's the title page? What's going on? You know, what is it? What's in the table of content? I would start reading the table of content to him. Then he would simply say, go to such and such a page, such and such a chapter. And I would start reading, and then he would almost complete <laughs> the sentences that I was reading. And one day I asked Dr. Shovas, Dr. Shobas, how many books have you read? He said, I've read over 125,000 books. Wow. I was, I was so amazed until I began building my library. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I don't have 125,000 books, but I do have a lot, and I have done my utmost to at least not reading them all, but going through them and skimming them, so to speak, to try to see what nuggets 
of information of wisdom I could pull from these books. So I'm so glad you asked me about my Spurtis experience. I, I just cannot tell you the joy that even speaking about my years at Spurtis brings back to me. Wow. That's amazing, Rabbi. I'm I'm very happy, you know, you got to share that. And um more I talk to you, the deeper we get, the more I get to know you, Rabbi Funyama, another like deeper level. And it's amazing how you went there. You met a lot of people, people that believed in you, that saw something special, like a spark, and said, you know what? He's gonna he's gonna be someone. And and Rabbi, I'm I'm not gonna lie, but you have one of the greatest like speaking voices for presentations like any event i can i can see you you have no problem <laughs> you're not shy you was you would crack a joke you would say a story and everybody's like, oh that was a good one that's a good one <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> oh man but, but i'm really happy rabbi and, and that means a lot and, and i do want to say rabbi right so something that I always wanted to ask you, right? And, you know, I know you're also, not only are you a rabbi, you're a husband, and you're also a father. And I know one of your sons is about to be a rabbi, like he's on his way to study, which I think is a blessing. I think that's amazing for a father to see one of their sons to follow their footsteps you know, learn other things, right? Have their own um, trials and, and 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 experience. I I think that for you, you must like. I want to know more. How do you feel as a father, hearing that your son is studying? <laughs> I, Yaakov, you're about to make me cry because I am so proud that my son wanted to pursue the path of the rabbinate and to step in to my shoes one day. He's an excellent student. He went to Jewish day school, most of his years in elementary school, till he got to high school, and all of my children did. I went attended Jewish day school at Heba Schechter Jewish day school in Chicago. I do want to give them their shout out and their credit. And Akiba built a lot of the building blocks in my children so that I had good foundations to continue the building. And when my son said that he wanted to pursue the rabbinate, my heart leaped because it was nothing short of the door of a door from generation to generation. And so to have a son particularly that wants to carry on the work and perhaps even take the work further. I'm so delighted. And I pray that he is able 
to take it further. And all young people that come through our doors, I want to be a foundation that they can simply stand on to see a little further down the road to get a deeper understanding of the challenges that we face, of the challenges that they will face, and hopefully to share some wisdom with them that they can carry with them throughout the years so that they don't necessarily make some of the same mistakes that I did. And you have that wisdom you're free to make your own mistakes, but don't repeat the mistakes of someone that came before you. So, because there will be different challenges that the newer generation faces. And what education does and preparing them for the rabbinate does is give them the tools to face those challenges. So that as they move through life. They will have the confidence within themselves that we can overcome this, this particular challenge to the community, to the synagogue, whatever that challenge may be. They have to have the self-confidence within themselves that they can meet the challenge head on that they can stand up before the challenge and actually overcome the challenge. And that is the piece that makes me so very proud just to be a mentor, not only to my son, but to the other student rabbis in our congregation and to help them establish themselves and to being the foundation that they can stand on to see a little further into the future, plainer, and have better insight. And I believe that that is all of our roles. As my two teachers were before that taught me, I want to be a similar model for those who follow me. I want them to have something to follow that they can be proud of, that they can say, this is what Rabbi Finney taught, and this is what we're standing on. And that would make me, it would give me lots of nakas joy. Joy unimaginable. Oh, Rabbi. I can feel it. I can feel it like you you speaking from the heart. I, I think it's so beautiful what you said. And I think that, you know, something that stood out was generation to generation. You as a rabbi, now that your son is going to be a rabbi, he will be spreading, you know, um, you know, everything the misvotes. Torah, family, community. I think that's so powerful, um, Rabbi. And and I and I I can see it. I can see it and I can feel it that you're very proud of him 
and I know he's going to do well because he has one of the best rabbis in Chicago and who's a father, <laughs> you know, I ain't going to lie. But, but Rabbi, I, I want to share a little something. This is a little something some audience don't know. So I'm actually just finished writing my first book. It's coming oh. in. Thank you, thank you. It's about to come out at the end of August, sometime in August. And Rabbi, I mentioned you in two chapters in my book. Thank you. I definitely want to get a copy of it, so please let me know. I will, I will, Rabbi. And it's so powerful because I mentioned how you know you are in my life, brother David, and about when we had our first shiva in the house and you came over and it's so beautiful because I quote you, you know, from the first time I had you on the podcast, I quote you and because I, I feel like a lot of things you say is powerful, you know, um, and I, I was just like, I got to tell Rabbi, this is this is huge. And at the end of the chapter, I say something like, even though we lost something like I'm trying to paraphrase, we lost brother David Alejandro. Rabbi Funye and I still keep in contact after um, we lost a brother and a friend. Rabbi Funye is still one of my close mentors. Like that, something like that, nice and... Yes. You know? Yaakov, I have to tell you, I am proud of our association. I'm very proud of you and the work that you're doing. And I, I cannot wait to add your book to my stack of books to read your words. I'm so encouraged and I want to encourage you to continue with the good work that you're doing and particularly by putting pen to paper. Putting pen to paper is so very important because it is you're telling your story and you're telling your story for yourself and no one can tell your story like you can the lenses that you have viewed your life through are very personal and no one else can say oh well no you didn't see all of that yes you did you saw what you saw. you become who you have become. And I'm very proud of you. Continue. Continue. Moving forward and upward. Always forward and upward. And never, when you get discouraging incidences in your life, step back and let Hashem take over. Don't wrestle beyond the point where you become incapacitated. Sometimes we can wrestle with things. Yeah, your name is Yaakov, but your name is really Yisrael. Because Yaakov's name was changed to Yisrael, one who wrestled 
with God and man who has prevailed. I want you to prevail in all that you do, my brother. Thank you. That's very kind of you, Rabbi. I'm, I'm very happy, you know, for your, your kind words. And, um, you know, it means a lot, you know, hearing it from you, especially because, you know, it's crazy how time went fast. You know, I, when I first met you, I was about 12 years old, 13. And look, now I'm 30. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, Rabbi? Rabbi, I ain't young no more, Rabbi. Wow. I, I try eating the Cheerios to stay younger, but I, I guess they ain't cutting it. <laughs> wow. It's a long time. Long that, 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 that is something else. Right? Yes. <laughs> now, Rabbi, real quick, because I, I see Zoom is about to kick us out. Um, I want you to share a little bit. If you can do a, a little quick um, something that we can take out of this week's Parsha. Oh, my God. There's so much in this week's Parsha. So very quickly. The Et Kanan, Moses is pleading with God to go into the promised land. The Eternal finally says, enough. Do not speak to me anymore about this. You can see the land, but you cannot go to the land. So the first lesson for each of us and all of us is that we don't always get what we desire, but we have to be satisfied what the eternal allows us to see. Mm. Secondly, we have a repeat of the Ten Commandments in this Parsha, the Et Kanan, and we have the central prayer in the Torah, the Shema. You shall love the Lord your God, all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. These words that I command you, you shall write them and teach them to your children and your children's children. And so, the other thing that we get from this portion of the Et Kanan is when our people stood at the foot of Mount Sinai, they didn't see any form or figure of anything. They saw no form of a man, no form of a woman. They found nothing but the darkness. And so we find the eternal in the absence of light. And when we go to the absence of light, the eternal brings the light to us. And that light that he brings is the light of wisdom, light of knowledge, the light of understanding, and the light of love. What does it mean for each of us to love? Our country needs more love today. Two people are too divisive. I told somebody a 
couple of weeks ago at another Zoom call I was on that when you mix red and blue, you get purple. And maybe we need to look to do more mixing of the red states and the blue states to come up with more purple states. Because this nation needs to heal the divisiveness that is seeking into seek, seeping into every fiber from the Supreme Court through Congress, the executive branch. It is seeping into the very our the very marrow in our bones, and it's not good because it's divisive, and we cannot stand together as one nation under God indivisible and that's what we have to get back to one nation under God indivisible you cannot divide us and we need to really speak to those forces that are doing all that they can to divide black and brown people from white people yellow people I mean all of it all of it. We have to speak to it. We have to stand up for it and say, listen, we can all be better than this. And we really need to be our best selves. That's my 50 cent. I love it. I love it. I love it, Rabbi. That, that was a nice conclusion because it brought the from generation to generation, Shema. And we were talking about parent, talking about your son, you know, talking about you being a rabbi. So it, it was a nice, I love the, the conclusion and I thought it was powerful. You know, what you just shared with this partial is crazy. It had to do with our conversation all in this episode, which is, guys, this is the Outlet to Reality, the oldest podcast in Vegas and Chicago every Tuesday. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Y'all know where to find me. I'm on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Instagram, the outlet to reality. My Snapchat is take one pass it. And my TikTok is at Yakov28. And Rabbi, where can my fans find you? They can find me every Shabbat uh, at Beth Shalom. BZ. We are on Facebook and we are also on YouTube. And we do a broadcast every Shabbat, BethShalomBZ.org. And that's where they can find me, 6601 South Kedzie Avenue in Chicago, Illinois. All are welcome. All are welcome. 6601 South Kedzie Avenue in Chicago, Illinois. And we would love to see each and every one of you in our house of worship and we would absolutely welcome you because we are all brothers and sisters and we must always look with understanding to appreciate those who may not look like us but they are a part of us 
from the Ashkenazi community to the Sephardi community to the Mexican community to the black community. We are one. Ko Yisrael Harebim. All of Israel is responsible for one another. We have that obligation to fulfill in the name of Hashem. Shalom, my Lord. God Shalom. bless you. God keep you and God sustain you. Thank you, Rabbi. Same to you. Same to you.